0: Welcome Back from the Rink. This is our uh, slow start. No, our cold start. This is our cold start. It is a little chilly out here today. This is on the Pacific Coast on Tuesday, the 19th of January, and it has been in the... Um, 40s overnight, but it has been in the 80s over day. Although today, I think it's only supposed to get up to the low 70s, maybe 70, 69, 70, 71, something like that. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyhow, um, it is what it is. It's a little chilly out. I don't mind it. I don't mind a little chill. Um, in fact, I prefer that to the, a lot of hot. So we'll see what happens. Um, as the day goes by, weather-wise. So I was just looking at this, you know, I uh used to be a fan of Top Gear, but they always had this, or uh, they don't always, but they started up this Top Gear America, and every time I tried to tune in, it was like, yeah. And when the original three guys left Top Gear, uh, I was like, meh, don't want to watch it. You watch the show because you like the people that are there. Those guys are interesting and funny, and you like watching them interact, so... um the fine folks at Motor Trend are presenting Top Gear America starting on January 29th, um, and they will be streaming. And they've got a new mix of people. They've got Jethro Bovington, and I go, eh? I don't know Jethro Bovington, but I do know Rob Cordry and Dax Shepard, and I think that might be a good mix. I'm good. I'm looking forward to watching Top Gear America shows to see if if these three guys work well together, and how they work. Um, you know, I'm fan, big fan of uh, uh, Dax Shepard and Rock, Rob Caudre. Um, they're funny, funny guys, and uh, I think they will be interesting, and we'll see about uh, Jethro Bovington, because that's somebody I don't know. But, uh, you know, he may be like the car guy out of the group, but the other two are, you know, comedians who are interested in cars, or they're comedians who are interested in getting paid for talking about cars. <laughs> Maybe that's the deal too. You never know, right? Uh, but uh, apparently, you can uh, catch them for uh, let's see, was it four ninety nine a month on uh, uh, what the heck is this? Oh, it's Motor Trend TV. Apparently, four ninety. Well, I, you know what? I may not watch it because I'm not going to spend four ninety nine a month to get Motor Trend TV. And let's see, they've got Hot Wheels life size, Faster with Finnegan, Engine Masters, Hot Rod Garage, Roadkill. Um, They've got old episodes of the original BBC Top Gear seasons 1 through 27, um, which are good, but uh, I don't know that I want to pay another $5 uh, fee. That's just irritating, huh? Well, you can get a free trial and see what you think. Maybe I'll do the free trial and then cancel. Motor Trend TV, huh? Anyhow, um, I do like those guys, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You know, that's a problem. There seems to be this this subscription creep, right? We, We said, oh, let's do away with cable. We don't need to spend all this money on a cable bill every day. We'll buy all these things in separate little bits. And who thought, you know, people always, oh, that'll be better. You'll only buy what you want. You won't have to get all this cruft. Well, what they didn't tell you was that you end up buying all this cruft anyway because what happens is is each different thing, you know? It's like this show has its own network that watches, you know, or each network has one show. Like the Disney Channel, you know? I mean, I get the Disney Channel, but, I mean, basically I watch The Mandalorian and the rest of the time that, that channel sits there doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. And they just finally launched a new series on there that I was quite kind of interested in. I watched the first two episodes of... Um, uh, WandaVision, and it is so freaking weird. I watch that and go, eh, I don't think I want to watch this. Uh, I mean, I may watch one more episode, but if it doesn't pick up a bit here, I mean, it's like watching uh, the characters Wanda and, and Vision from Marvel movies playing in the black and white version of the Dick Van Dyke show. That's what it is. And, every once in a while there's a little bit of it mean, but it's got the fake laugh track and everything and then they would throw like in just this little bit of a twist or something that would say that this is not right that this is some in somebody's brain or this is being they're they're being tricked somehow into doing this or something but it's just it was it, there wasn't enough there not enough happened it moved way too slow so we'll see we'll see here's Aaron Hey there hi there ho there Hi We're as happy as can be you know, I was just talking about the Disney Channel. Um, I, I saw an ad and I clicked on it to see what it was. Um, there, I, I used to like the BBC show Top Gear. There's 21, 27, something like that, seasons of Top Gear. But they've done uh, continued Top Gear with, with different presenters. And there's also been a version of Top Gear America that has been running on and off, and I've tried to watch those. I just don't like them. I found that watching the show, I you know, realized that what I like about the show is the three guys that are doing it, that their interactions and their relationships, and how they their take on things and things, and their their you know sort of inside jokes that you become part of if you're familiar with the show. Um, that's what I like. I like their banter. Um, but this new version uh, that they're launching in America now. I'm going to at least watch one episode, I think, just to see. But it's first of all, I found out it's only on streaming. And then you go like, well, where is it? It's on Motor Trend TV. For $4.99, you too can have another subscription to something that you don't care about. That has maybe <laughs> one show on it. So I might do the free trial and then cancel, but I want to see the show. It's now hosted by Dax Shepard, Rob Codry, and some guy I've never heard of. So. Oh. But the two guys I really like I love Rob Caudry I think his his humor is excellent He's in a show by the way that's on um, uh, uh, I think it's on CBS And it's called, maybe it's NBC I can't remember Um, uh, Unicorn And it's it's, He plays uh, like the best friend Of the main character who's this unicorn Which is a guy whose wife has passed away He's a single dad who's a good man And that, you know, then the the story is him and his two daughters who are high school aged or junior high aged um, and him trying to, you know, maneuver the world and and dip his toe into the world of dating again. And um, and it's actually very sweet and funny. I like the show and it's about three couples and one of them is this guy whose wife has passed away. And so it's all of them dealing with the fact that she's gone and, uh, you know, and them helping to pitch in with parenting for him because he no longer has his partner um, and, and, and interacting. Anyway, Rob Caudry plays the, you know, husband of one of the other families, one of the other couples, uh, who has a, a daughter that's the same age as, as one of his daughters. And, um, uh, and, uh, I just, I just like Rob Caudry and everything he does. Um, he, he's, he's, his sense of humor, his sense of timing works well. And Dax Shepard, I like a lot as well. So, um, so we'll see. Awesome.
1: awesome. But uh, yeah, i the, I'm tired getting
0: nickels and dimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because there was this this weird thought that actually never made any sense, but it was pushed out. You know that hey, when we when we go to to app based economy for for shows, that you won't have to pay you know two hundred fifty dollars for cable anymore because you'll only pay for the things you want, and that it'll be cheaper for you to get good quality programming that you and like. And it was. Well, back it. Then. It was, but the problem is, and this is where I think they throw every, where you get a monkey wrench in it, is that what they forgot to tell you was that every freaking show was going to have its own network and that you'd have to pay four ninety nine dollars a month to get that show, you know? And in fact, I pointed out Disney. Now, I understand there are people who watch the Disney Channel and love to be able to have access to the Disney movies. If I had little kids, that would be a godsend. But um, I don't. I don't have any little kids. And so the one thing that I watch on the Disney Channel... ...is The Mandalorian. That's it. That's the only thing that I have watched on the Disney excellent. Channel. And and I love that show. And I love that show enough that I'm willing to pay my monthly subscription to get it. But quite frankly, I should just cancel the subscription and then pick it up again when the next season starts up. Uh, now, they just launched, finally, after two seasons of The Mandalorian, they have now launched a second show... This one, instead of being based in the Star Wars universe, universe, is based in the Marvel comic book universe. And so two yeah. of their characters from the movies, uh, the character Vision and the character um, uh, Wanda something or Nanowski. She's the, the uh, uh, what is she called? The Red Witch or something like that. Anyway, she's she's got, like, powers. Um, and it's called WandaVision. And they launched and they dropped two episodes for the, the first two episodes you can watch. And, and then you got to wait each week for the next episode to come out. And I watched the first two episodes, and I kept waiting for something to happen. They essentially have created a show that looks like, if you're, you're watching black and white versions of the very early Dick Van Dyke show, except they've inserted these two characters instead of, instead of you know, Mary Tyler Moore and Dick Van Dyke. And and that's exactly i mean that you know, the the goofy laugh track and everything that's what's inserted the difference is it almost looks like a cross between bewitched because you see you know uh wanda using her powers to like move things around in the kitchen and uh and and i you know, and i watched the whole thing and and there's this weird little undercurrent that they're sort of laying the idea that maybe this is not reality that there's something going on that this is somebody's dream or something go- but that's all they've done and they've just kind of teased it and in two episodes, I just feel like they're moving way too slow. So if by the third episode they don't, like, show me something, I'm done. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah, it it's doesn't just... sound appealing to me even at all. I mean, in the slightest. Yeah. It does not yeah. sound appealing to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, do a so, poor copy of,
0: of a sitcom from a bajillion years ago and then have a twist, but don't reveal the twist except by little, you know, little bitty bits and pieces over the course of a season. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, I'm not in for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hate laugh tracks at all. It's, it's one of yeah. the reasons why, the, you know, the show Full House from the, from the 80s? Mm-hmm. Everybody loved that show except me. It irritated the, the blank out of me because, because <laughs> nothing but cheesy, cheesy jokes, bad jokes yeah. and laugh tracks. It drove me insane.
0: Yeah, I didn't like it very much either. But my daughters love the show. Oh, you know, I, I mean, hated but it. but when 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 the punchline is a you know six year old making a face and then everybody laughs, you're like, oh gosh. Yeah, that's not a punchline.
1: There's nothing funny yeah. about that.
0: Exactly.
1: And that six year old, you know, it, she's cute, but not enough to carry a show.
0: Right. Yeah, that was kind of my feeling too. I I'm, I. N- you know, we watched it a lot because my daughters liked it. I considered it the, the equivalent of, like, Saturday morning cartoons or, you know. When I was growing up, after-school television was like reruns of Lucy. And uh, and so she, they would watch that, you know. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, was, there's worse things on television, I guess. I mean, at least they yeah. weren't watching Barney. Uh, I didn't allow Barney in the house. So uh, my
1: son loved Barney. Yeah. He, he loved Barney, he would say,
0: Barney, as he pointed the TV when he was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, no, Barney was, was yeah, he was a thing. And, and he was certainly a thing when our kids were little. Um, but I just, that was, I drew a line in the sand with Barney. In fact, I remember my uh, my wife's brother's, I don't know whether it was he or his wife, bought a Barney doll or something, and it was very quickly moved to grandma's house or grandmother's house. It didn't stay <laughs> in house. the house. Know, we didn't, Barney was just, we were a no Barney zone.
1: Hey, so why? Um, why?
0: Why were you hating on Barney? <laughs> I just uh, did, uh, have you ever watched Barney? Obviously, you oh, have because yeah. you had a son who watched it's Barney, amazing. and it was just mind-numbingly bad television. I mean, it was great for kids, but it was just for an adult. You know, like some things. You know, at least adults can find something of redeeming value. This was absolutely not for adults at all. It was made for little kids, and it was just—I just couldn't stand it. Just couldn't stand it.
1: <laughs> uh, it was you a know. Bridge.
0: It was. It was just that like that that. Nope, can't go there. We're not going to do it. There will be no Barney in this house. And uh, it's not often that I like put my foot down and and make that kind of a proclamation in my family. And, and and very often, if I try to, my wife and daughters look at me and go, "Yeah, right," and move merrily on their way. You know. Uh, but on this one, my wife was like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll do that." Saturday Night
1: Live, maybe, I don't remember exactly, Charles Barkley playing basketball with Barney. Have you seen
0: that? Oh, vaguely remember that, yeah. Charles Barkley just beat
1: the hell out of him. It was hilarious. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah. known for being a very physical player and a big, big man. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You know, I really like Charles Barkley. He, he, you know, his personality is just, um, you know, he, he, he he has a really good sense of humor, and he's willing to do things like that, and yes. uh, and he has a good sense of comedic timing. You know, he does. Uh, yeah, not all man, athletes I like do, but yeah. uh, I, I like him. In fact, it's uh, uh, he he's on one of the network shows that you know does like the at the halftime show and the and the pre-show stuff for for uh, basketball, and uh, he and, and Shaquille O'Neal are on together. And the banter between the two of them is is funny. Uh, okay, so I would uh,
1: watch that. I didn't realize that because I don't really like basketball, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I like Shaq a lot. When he and Kobe were playing at the same time, Shaq was my guy. I know Tobin was yeah. a big Kobe fan, but I love Shaq because he's got a—he right. doesn't take himself too seriously. He's got a sense of humor, um, right? And right. Uh, so hearing Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal go back and forth with one another—that's got to be entertaining.
0: It is. It is. It's a lot of fun, you know, and, and they, they mock tease each other back and forth all the time about stuff. So, I mean, there isn't a show where one of them isn't picking on the other one for something. Um, and, and very often, uh, you know, uh, Shack will just hold up fingers indicating how many championship rings he has because Barbara <laughs> has not.
1: <laughs> it's like
0: that's the way he ends conversations sometimes is like, uh yeah.
1: Have the Fox News the Fox sports lineup for football where you have Terry Bradshaw and and the gang Jimmy Johnson Howie Long, yeah. and Howie Long and yeah. Um, yeah you know and there's been there's been some change outs with that fourth one but the, the chemistry is always good
0: yeah yeah you get a good mix of guys there and and that's what makes it entertaining it's like what I was talking about with the motor trend thing or the um, the, yeah. the uh, top gear you know it's the three guys who did it for the BBC we're so good at just being themselves together that it, you know, everybody else is just not quite it. Right. You know, even if you try to recreate it, um, you know, Top Gear America. And it's like, well, I don't care if they're in America. I mean, the the three guys from uh, who originally did Top Gear um, in the U.K., um, you know, they came to America. They traveled all over the world to shoot segments for their show. I mean, they would go, you know, South America, Africa. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, you know, it, it's the personalities. That's what is intriguing and interesting. Indeed.
1: Indeed. So, yep.
0: Yeah, Jeremy, yep. Cl- Cl- Jeremy Clarkson, um, uh, Richard Hammond, and James May were the three that, I mean, there was a variety of presenters over the years and, and a series of them that tried to follow those three. Quite a few, actually. They they did several seasons that way. But those three were, I mean, those are the I think they did 27 seasons together, and then there was two additional seasons where they swapped people in, including Matt LeBlanc even did a season of the Top Gear version that oh, ran in the cool. BBC. I and, did and, that. and I like Matt LeBlanc, but you just watched it and it was like, no, this doesn't work. These guys aren't quite the same. And And you didn't get the sense, you know, sometimes, especially when it comes to, like, this car thing, you know, it's like, oh, these are guys who really like cars. You know, they happen to be doing a TV show and they're TV presenters and they're interesting, but they're car guys. In some instances, and this is where I worry about the Rob Caudry, Dax Shepard version of it is, you know, is this, are they car guys or are they guys who are getting paid to talk about cars? You know. Well,
1: that'll be obvious right in the beginning from anybody who's really... An aficionado of cars like really right. love you know the, the the motor trend readers um right are guys right. who just really love cars and they'll they'll be able to smell a fake a thousand miles away
0: yeah and that's i guess where my my uh my worry sits and we'll just have to wait and see uh what they you know how they how they are because i don't know if they're car guys you know, um, but you're right. Car guys can spot another car. I mean, he'll, you know, as soon as they start talking about the car, you'll know whether this is a guy who, who just, you know, just loves to be behind the wheel of, of, of a, you know, of a car um, and, and talk about cars versus a guy who's like, well, I'm getting paid to talk about cars. So today we're going to talk about wheels. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, I like, yeah, yeah. So, you
1: know, if we'll see how Leno it all were on uh, there, that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, and he has, you know, Leno's Garage that um, uh, is right. a and show he, that talks about his collection, which is, yeah. Yeah, Leno's
1: Garage, that that show kind of bothered me, though, because it's like, look at what I've got, and you don't, ha, uh, ha, uh, ha. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm not into NVTV too much, I'm really not.
0: Yeah yeah uh, our I covet mean,
1: TV.
0: well you know i yeah and I don't think it's i I don't feel that way about it so much because very often he's not talking he's not even i mean like some of the cars that he talks about aren't his he just you know will have one that he can talk about he will borrow one or or uh or go get one from museum and 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 they'll let him borrow it to talk about the car and and how you know what's unique and different about that car and why that car is interesting for a collector. Um and sometimes they're his because he has a big collection, but they're not all that way. I never felt that way about the Leno's thing, but
1: uh Okay. Yeah. I didn't watch it.
0: Yeah, it started as a YouTube thing. It's actually on its sixth season um on C N B C so oh. uh it's been renewed for its sixth season. So um uh I would Evidently guess that maybe like, it. like on the, the Peacock channel maybe has it streaming. Um I'd have yeah. to look and see. But uh you know, I mean, if you're a car person, it's interesting just because it's like, you know, each week he comes on and talks about a new car. And and then he'll also, you know, some news about, like, you know, the latest in something else that's been released or, or or shown at a car show or something like that. You know, and again, if you're a car person, you go like, hey, that's cool. That's That's me. I identify as the car dude. Oh, here it is. Yes, you can watch it on Peacock. So if you have Peacock channel, you can watch it. I think that's another yeah. four ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the nitpicky. Have a have a you know never ending stuff coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. He played yeah. a car guy on Last Man Standing too. Have you ever seen that show? That's Tim Allen's.
1: Uh, no, but I heard it was really good.
0: It is. It's very much like um, like his previous show. You know, he plays sort of the same kind of guy, uh, except instead of being Tim Tooltime Taylor, he's now. Uh, he now is the, uh, you know, manager of a, uh, an out, outdoor man is the name of the company. And it's like, imagine like a, um, a Cabela's or a, uh, Bass Pro Shops. So
2: he's oh, okay. manager
0: of a, of a store like that, that has like a restaurant in it. And, you know, and it's just, it's an outdoor store. And, uh, and so he plays Bass
2: Pro shop. I love that. Story. Yeah,
0: I do too. I wish it was closer. The only one we've got's out in Ontario. And it's, it's a quite, quite a haul for me but, uh, but I like it. Um, it's also one of those places that's always got a lot of people at it. I've never been there when it isn't pretty busy and you have to park out in the Tule's hike in, but that's good because you can buy good hiking boots there. So if you wear your shoes out, you can get new ones. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, last man standing is fun. I know Tim Allen has caught some flack from the, the, uh, uh, Hollywood liberals because he's an outspoken conservative. Um, and he throws that humor into his show, but that's his character as well. But, uh, yeah. Outdoor man is also cool. Hector Elizondo plays the guy who owns the store. And so, oh, I love him. Yeah. Their, I their interaction is great. Yeah, I am too. And their, their interaction is great. It's awesome. And, uh, Jay Leno had a reoccurring role on that as, uh, as a guy who Tim met as a, um, uh, you know, was a mechanic. And, uh, And I think he was getting parts for his car or something. And so, you know, their scenes were always, like, filmed in the garage with a car up on a lift. And they're talking about the car while they're, you know, making jokes about whatever's going on in life. So, um, you know, poor Jay. He's got to find something to do with his time. So Tim threw him a bone and said, here, come on my show. (laughs) I'm sure that's exactly how it went down, too.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) It wasn't his people calling his people. You know how that goes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I bet you it was probably Tim Allen going, hey, we want to write this part for this guy who's kind of a gearhead. You want to come do it? And he goes, yeah, sure. Let me talk to my my people and make sure we get it on the calendar. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. I could do that. That'd be fun. I'd enjoy it. <laughs> I like being in front of the camera. Everyone say, well,
2: it's been a while. Yeah.
0: What car are we going to
1: use? <laughs>
2: Has Jay Leno been on the driving like driving or comedian's driving in cars or whatever that show is with J- Jerry Seinfeld?
1: Um he
0: hasn't that I know of. Um I don't know if it's cuz he doesn't want to or if um or if Seinfeld just hasn't invited him. You know, um Seinfeld um I think has uh he has specific opinions about some of the people, you know, you know, I mean, realize that he, he's one of those guys that like when, when Leno was coming up, he was coming up, they were, you know, sort of of a, of an age. And I think some of those guys get along better than others do, you know? Well, um,
2: I, a lot of people don't get along with Jay Leno from what I understand.
0: Yeah. Um, for, for, from, I do remember a comment when he was on with another comedian and they were talking about Leno and, they, and, and I guess Leno was sort of the first one who kind of made it, I don't want to say made it big, but actually had a little bit of money, and they they said they, they remembered when Leno like showed up to one of the gigs and he had actually had a car. You know, most of these guys are like bumming rides and walking to the to their to their uh, you know to the comedy store and stuff. And Jay Leno shows up and he has like a, a car, a Porsche, because of course the first time he had money in his pocket, the first thing he did was go out and buy a car because that's what he is. He likes cars, and he always has. So so uh, you know he was like the first one of the group to like sort of hey I've got a car <laughs> I've made it
1: you know? <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but uh, you no, know, it's funny because he's you know he hasn't had like um, Steve Martin on either to my knowledge um, um,
2: oh I love Steve yeah. Martin so are you
0: yeah. looking it up yeah I'm looking to see if, there, if Jay Leno oh you know what They were on uh, this year, April of twenty twenty. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I'll just have to I I bite my tongue. They're in. Looks like they're in. uh, Let's see. They're in a three fifty six A Porsche, and then it looks like then they also transfer to what looks like a an older um, like Model T or Model A or something like that.
2: Oh wow! Um, But that was cool.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and in fact, um, he, he's gone through enough comedians now that the most recent season he has actually gone back and done a, a second show with some of the comedians that he had done previously, people that he liked the most. So, uh, so, yeah, and that makes sense. You know, like I said, they kind of came up together. Um, but I do know that, uh, Seinfeld has, uh, uh, Okay, so Jay Leno and Jerry Seinfeld have been best friends, according to Leno, since the beginning of their careers. They have a lot in common. They're both comedians. They both love cars. Oh, Uh, cool. Which kind of makes sense, I guess, because, you know, I mean, uh, everybody knows about Leno's car love, but, you know, um, uh, a good number of the cars that he started doing the show with were his own cars when, when Seinfeld started that. He's also a car aficionado, and I guess I knew that. It makes sense that they would then get along um, to some extent, um, just because of some common, you know, <laughs> they're, they're both funny people and they both like cars two out of the three things that they do in their life are very similar. What's the third thing you ask? I'm not telling.
1: Um,
0: um, but yeah, no, I guess it makes sense.
2: Cool. Well, yeah, I guess it does. it
0: does. I'll have to go back and watch that episode. Cause I, I, I had blanked it from my mind.
2: So, what else is happening in the world, Todd?
0: Nothing. Nothing else has happened at all. That's it. Apparently, um, let's see, what is. Oh, there's an article on how Trump will hand off the nuclear football to Biden. Um, I think he will, like, put it in his left hand and then stretch across and say, here. Um, End of story. No, I suspect that that. There's a protocol for that. Yeah, I'm sure there is, too. That's got to be something that's completely done uh, in advance. And I, I would bet you. Uh, that uh, it goes to some intermediary that's holding it, you know, an official in the government, whoever it might be, some uh, uh, person, you know, uh, who has it until the, uh, and in fact, it's not like Trump carries it anyway. There's a guy behind him carrying this stuff. And so that guy probably, you know, is basically standing by ready to deal with, you know, to, to, to uh, uh, now take orders from a different dude. Yeah. And they've probably already briefed him so that as soon as he's sworn in, he knows, you know, what the protocol is, if, if he if should something happen and he needs to, you know, take action. So I'm sure Biden's already had briefings with the uh, with the military and with the Secret Service and, and all of that. So that it's like, you know, when you're officially sworn in as of that second, you know, if something happens, they turn to you instead of turning to the former president. You know, and I'm sure that's how it goes for every president. You know, there's all of this uh, protocol in place. To make sure that uh, we don't have this gap where, like, if something happens, we don't know who to talk to. Right. Yeah. Right. So, what's your thoughts? Do you think something's actually going to happen, or do you no. think it's it's all just going to kind of be a? a I think I don't think anything's going to happen either. I think it's, you know, I mean, there might be some people walking around with signs and stuff, but I, and, and they might get ugly in places. But I don't think anything's going to happen in the capital that's going to.
2: No, I think that affect that, that, anything. That's- no, I, yeah, I'm of the opinion that there's so many military and National Guard um, people there that, um, you yeah. know, in all the capitals because they're they're deployed in major cities as well. I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of unrest. Um, not to say that it won't happen at a later date, but it's just, I don't think it's going to happen this week, and I could be wrong. I mean, I think yeah, I mean, obviously on. we both
0: could be wrong, but I I'm with you. I don't think that anything is going to be. Um, I I think it's, it's much panic about nothing, but we'll see. I mean, you've got to be prepared for it, whether it, you know, it happens or not. So I I absolutely agree with the, the, all the prep that's being done to maintain security. Um, just to make sure I was reading that there were some people saying that they were concerned that there might be Trump supporters within the national guard, and that those people might not be trusted. And I'm like, okay, you're getting a little crazy now.
2: Yeah. There's a difference between being a Trump supporter and being somebody who's, Uh, engaging in armed insurrection the conflation of the two is dangerous yeah you know you know i I know that there is there are are people who who want to say that if you supported trump for any reason at any time for anything then then you are the same as the capital the capital rioters you know the people who stormed the Capitol, and that's ridiculous that's not true yeah 70 million people voted for trump Uh, the second time. And so you, you can't tell me that 70 million people want the violent overthrow of the U S government.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that I agree. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's a complete mischaracterization of, of people, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're putting thoughts and words into people's mouths that just aren't there. So, um, but you know, it's, it's indicative of the paranoia on both sides and lack of trust in what the other guy might do politically and beyond politically these days and hopefully you know this will all sort of settle down over time because it's uh you know too many people on edge <laughs> too many people on edge right now um
2: so yeah it's kind of crazy actually um, yeah and, and it's again it's being fomented by our wonderful uh legacy media and also some yeah. of, the, some of the, the new media as well
0: yeah well, I I will bet you um that uh once Joe Biden is sworn in that the tone of a lot of things are going to change and it's from the news from those legacy news media and it's largely going to be uh towards a everything is better now, everything is great, everything is wonderful, you know, suddenly all of the the people who are standing in line you know the lines aren't going to change the facts aren't going to change on the ground but suddenly the way they report about what's being done to make sure people get vaccinated will be just 180 degrees different yes um and and you know and the story that they tell will be 180 degrees different which is incredibly frustrating um you know we've talked about this before i mean and and i don't care if you're talking about uh uh, left-leaning media or right-leaning media—they're both so bad at actually providing us information that isn't so uh, colored with adjectives that push their agendas. That I—it's—it's it's unnerving how how bad our news media is right now.
2: Yeah, it is. It's just terrible. It is just terrible. And yes, you're hundred uh, percent—you're hundred percent right. And it, it's frustrating. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So apparently, yeah, I'm actually
0: just waiting for the switch to flip and the and the and the tone to change. You know.
2: Um, apparently, uh, well, okay. Let me let me back up before I move on. Um, it's the same thing, and we had talked about this. Uh, Trump wanted to 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 vaccinate 20 million people by the end of December or by the end of his term, right? Which was about right. uh, about tomorrow. A month. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was about a month from when he. Yeah, said yeah.
0: Mid December is when they when they started, right? So now it's mid, yeah. slightly yes. past mid January. So, mid-January.
2: so um, and that was they called that crazy, and he's just you know blowing smoke and blah 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 blah. But but Biden's saying in the first three months of his presidency that he was going to do a hundred million. Well, that's totally doable. And he's had yeah. the stretch goal, and we got to be fighting for our president. It's like yeah,
0: and that's thirty million 20, in a month instead of twenty million in a month, exactly. and that's three months in a row of thirty million in a month. Yes. Yeah, but that's but that's yeah, and that's a perfect example of just a different take on literally the exact same thing. And the fact is, is that the, who's sitting in the presidential seat has almost nothing to do with how fast and well the um, the vaccines are going to be delivered. And in fact, the fact that we have vaccines to deliver is probably one of the biggest achievements of the the Trump presidency in terms of, you know, changing the rules around and saying, hey, you know, as you start the testing, if this if things look positive, start production of this. You know, we will we will help you cover the loss if if we have to throw them all away because something turns out bad, but start the production of this early so that if we get it approved, we already have a stockpile. And I think that was um, a a not so obvious kind of genius move on the part of whoever came up with it in the original, but it was in the Trump reign so that we would have enough vaccine to start this process in, in large scale. And, uh, you know, and, and that's all getting buried under all the other garbage that's going on. And and maybe justifiably so, but it's like, you know, we should recognize a good move and, uh, and, and be grateful that we have that. And let's, you know, move on with the next piece. But you're right. The, The, uh, you know, 30 million a month for three months isn't crazy, but 20 million in a month is nuts.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the person should be demonized for, you know, for openly lying about something that's impossible. And okay, you know, I just. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it.
0: Yep. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I'm with you.
2: So apparently uh, Biden has uh, has a historic pick. For the HHS, uh, for big a and, and uh, health and human services p- position, um, he has chosen a transgender woman. Um, so Javier Becerra has a new number two at HHS. Uh, the AP is reporting that President-elect Joe Biden has picked Dr. Rachel Levine, Pennsylvania's current health secretary, to serve as his assistant health secretary under Becerra, who's been nominated by Biden to be the nation's top health official. What makes Levine, a Harvard and Tulane medical school-educated pediatrician, unique? Uh, she'd be the first openly transgender federal official to be confirmed by the Senate. Dr. Rachel Levine is a historic and deeply qualified choice to help lead our administration's health efforts. Biden said in a statement, "Bring the steady leadership and extensive expertise we need to get people through this pandemic." So, mm. um, so yeah
0: cool i mean if she's Actually, qualified and can do the job then i don't care anything i don't care about anything else that's that's well, you know when <laughs> and in fact it's illegal to care about anything well i guess not illegal to care but it's illegal to use any other criteria for right. selecting somebody for a job right well,
2: and it as it should the be question why isn't she why is she the assistant why isn't why is javier becerra number one because javier becerra is not a doctor yeah she is
0: Yeah, 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 it does beg the question, because he's more politically connected.
2: Yeah, he is. And I know, I think he has got presidential aspirations. Yeah. So, yeah. Well,
0: you know, HHS has always been viewed as a stepping stone to the presidency. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Ask every HHS director in the past. Name them all. Uh...
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I would be stunned if anybody could name three. (laughs) I suppose if you worked in Washington, you probably could. Um, But uh, most Americans, you know, like, name me three directors of health and human services. Three past directors. Name them. Um, No. You know, (laughs) people go like, oh, there was that, that wasn't that uh, the black guy that was running for president? Wasn't he one of them?
2: No, he was at HUD.
0: Yeah. And it's like, nope, wrong guy.
2: (laughs) And actually, no, he didn't run for president. Herman Cain ran for president, um, and he was not, that was not him. Uh, it was um, the pediatric neurosurgeon. Um, oh my goodness, really soft spoken, really brilliant guy. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 forgotten his name. It'll come to me. He was the HUD director under Trump. And HUD, people made a big deal because what did he know about housing and urban development? He knew Bubkis, except that you know he he'd grown up uh he might have grown up in in urban he might have grown up in public housing so yeah
0: yeah exactly what, what's your your quality? well i grew up in public housing yeah here well, you just go just like anybody uh, who went to school sylvia burwell you know? kathleen Sebi- Sebi- Sebelius, Sebelius, mike levitt tommy thompson those are hhs secretaries ringing any bells nope
2: Oh, I heard. I remember hearing about. Uh, oh, it's Ben Carson's the name. I couldn't remember. I remember hearing about Kathleen Sebelius because she was under the the, the um, uh, Obama administration, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. 2014, she was out in 2014, and then uh, Sylvia Burwell was uh, 14 to 17, and then Tom Price uh, is the outgoing person. Alex Azar twenty eight. Oh, Alex Azar is twenty eighteen to present. And so uh he will be out tomorrow. Yeah. Well, or actually is he? Until the until the new guy's voted in, is the old person I know they all submit their resignations, but do they basically sit there doing the job so that it's done or they just vacate and let the I think bureaucracy they vacate. They're, large, they're political.
2: They're political yeah. appointees. Yeah. The the bureaucrats yeah. are still there doing the job.
0: As I say, they just they just vacate and let the bureaucrats do their. It's probably the only time anything actually gets done in any of these these places is <laughs> that little transition in between when the when the boss leaves and the new one hasn't been. Uh, um, to be honest, I think that they actually come in and they start working before they're approved, and then uh, they have X amount of time to be approved. And if they don't uh, get approved within a certain period of time, then they have to vacate the position and. And a uh, temporary is appointed is how it usually works, something like that and
2: and i I don't think anybody's gonna have any problem with any of these cabinet appointees. you know I think yeah. they'll all be approved they're, they're, all, yeah. they're all known quantities. That goes
0: to Uncle Joe being um you know uh president biden you know his he's he's the uh he knows the people in the Senate who would have to do all of this stuff. He's not going to pick somebody who he thinks he couldn't get through right. You know, he's just he's he's just not he's going to look at that and say, let's let's be as um, uh, let's pick people who are qualified and secondarily pick people who don't look like the people who've had this job forever. Um, And so thus the appointment appointment of Dr. I've already forgotten the name of the person we started talking about. No, 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 not Ben Carson. I was talking about um, the uh, transgender uh, person that we that's going to be the assistant director of HHS.
2: Um. Her name is
0: something. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Yes. usually it is. Most of us have, have a name. Not all of us, yeah. but most of us do. You know, Her Prince for a while is... had a squiggle. Um,
2: yes, hold on. So. I will tell you. Rachel Levine.
0: <laughs> Rachel Levine. There you go. So Rachel Levine, um, you know, I mean, obviously qualified. And so you look at who's qualified, and then you say, well, and can we get some people who maybe don't look and act or... or or don't have the same background as every single, you know, average white guy uh, who's had that job in the past. Although it's not always been a white guy. I'm obviously, you know, playing devil's advocate here. but
2: um, Yes, well, Kathleen Sibelius is definitely not a white guy.
0: Yeah. So, anyhow.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
0: She would probably appreciate not being called a white guy. Oh. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that his cabinet is probably going to be, um, you know, people that are, are, uh, um, you know, it's going to be a combination of political appointees and people that are qualified to do the job and uh, and people that he feels like he can trust that they will give him solid input. You know, which so, is what every president tries to do. Right. Pick somebody who, who will take over a, a, a bureaucracy. And, and then when you have questions about what's going on, they should be able to give you good advice. That's what you want.
2: So I am interested to see who the president will pardon in the next day and a half. Um, Tiger King. Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs> but there's other people like Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. And,
0: I heard that. Yeah.
2: Um, I, did, you know, I didn't even
0: realize Lil Wayne was in trouble, but he apparently I, has been in some I, trouble.
2: Yes. Well, you know, he's a rapper, so he's got to have street cred. So he's got to be in trouble somewhere.
0: Got to. It's requirement. <laughs>
2: uh, so, yeah, yeah, let's see if he does, if he pardons Joe Exotic. Because that would be a Trump thing to do, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the final screw you going out the door. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and Joe Exotic, you're out of there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I can see that happening. I think, it, honestly, I... I I kind of expect it, but if it, because I kind of expect it, he probably won't do it, but, um, you know,
2: yep. So with that, we are at the end of our show for
0: today. (laughs) Probably shouldn't. He's a guy who really probably should not be walking around the streets.
2: Nope.
0: Yeah. Although uh, as a convicted felon, are you allowed to have guns? I don't think you're allowed to own uh, guns anymore, right?
2: It depends on your state.
0: Is that it's a state thing? Okay. Anyway, you're right. We got to wrap this up. Sorry, I didn't mean to keep on going and ignore your desire to to shut it down. But you know. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Todd Brinker.
2: <laughs> I'm Erin Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>